All right. Welcome back to another episode of Three Dudes, One Hoop. As always, I'm Mike. I'm here with my boys, Benny and Easy. And today we got a fun one. We're going to talk about top 10 NBA centers of all time. Each of us made a top 10 list. Um, we're going to go round robin, counting from 1 through 10, uh, going through our top NBA centers. I feel like it's a interesting topic to cover now, especially with the current crop of centers we have in the league right now. Um, so we'll also talk about at the end of the, when we're done with our list, uh, you know, how the centers look in the NBA currently. It's you know, kind of in a little bit of a renaissance. So I think it's like an interesting topic to discuss. Uh, we're probably going to do a few more of these top 10 lists, different positions. Uh, it's always a fun debate, um, you know, taking into account different aspects of NBA history uh, and how we in terms of how we rank players. Do we go by accolades, by talent, you know, era? Um so it's an interesting discussion to have. That being said, before we get started, do any of you guys have any thoughts about putting your list together? Was it difficult for you guys? What did you take into consideration? Um, Easy, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I made this list and by the end of it, I didn't feel good about it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's <laughs> one of those things where like you can make a case for anybody. Like, for example, there's like a top five and then there's a drop off in that top five other than number one. I can see a case for all those guys being number two, number three, number four, number five. Like it's really, really, really just based on what you consider to be the most important thing. And I think you're going to see that in our lists. Um, I haven't seen your list, Levo or Benny, but I think what we're going to notice is that some of us value maybe some other things um, compared to what I might value more. Um, so yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see how it goes. Yeah. And uh same for me. It was difficult, like after five, to kind of order it. Um, kind of really goes to show when I was doing this exercise, like how many of the good centers are like had their peak, you know, forty years ago. Um, you know, you know, between thirty and forty years ago is like <laughs> most of my list. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see like um, kind of the different eras we go through. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult to order it at the end. What about you, Benny? Do you have any thoughts before we? Uh, get going here yeah i totally i agree with all you guys but what you guys were saying about how after the fifth one especially like because the top five even if you don't know the order you can come up with the names you know quickly off the top of your head but you get to like especially when you get to like seven eight nine and obviously ten it's kind of like okay who do i want to put and then after that it's like how how do i want to order them which is different from the top five you're like okay i know who i want to put but then how do i want to order it and that's a lot of times that's a lot easier because you have one of those steps already knocked off but i would even take it a little further than what easy said because easy you were talking about in the top five you're gonna have there's there's the obvious number one i think i know who you're talking about but i i honestly think that if you want to put a different player like let's just say kareem is number one that's why i have a number one we'll get into it now like if somebody wanted to make the case for me that they want to have will chamberlain in a number one i could totally see that as well so it's like it really is like what you were saying kind of like how we value how we rate uh different players for you know different categories or eras or statistics wins whatever you know yeah absolutely it's it's really interesting and uh you know i guess we'll get into it now um, so like i said we'll do round robin and we'll go ahead with benny i mean benny you said you had kareem number one yeah. um do you want to like go through well, just to i guess to say who we had i also had him at number one i think it's pretty obvious easy i'm guessing yeah, you did too i have kareem at number one Okay. Yeah. And I, we haven't seen any of each other's list, but it's just like the most obvious answer, right? So, Benny, yeah. why don't you say why you had my number one? 
if we also, I guess if we all had it a number one, you guys would probably agree with what I'm going to say. Obviously, like the unbelievable scoring prowess, the high, the sky hook probably right up there with the dream shake as the most famous shot in NBA history. The sky hook known by many as the most, not only like famous, but unguardable shots in NBA history, a 25 per game scorer through his entire career and like 18, 19 year career. Um, in 16 of those 22 years, I was just looking through his career in 16 of those 22 uh, of those 18 years, he was a 22 point per game scorer. And that's like 22, like, like he scored at least 22 points is what I mean. So like, that's like the minimum. Most of those years, he was obviously like 25, 26, 30 plus point game uh, per season. In the first 12 years of his career, he only went under 25 per game once. So obviously he's like an, an amazing scorer, amazing rebounder. It, uh, uh, like pretty much until like his 13 or 14th year of playing 40 minutes a game every season. That's kind of when his rebounding numbers took a dip. But obviously, like you see him in his prime, which is a pretty long prime, his longevity of 14 years, where he was like at the very, very top. He was unbelievable. Elite rim protector for his career, almost three blocks a game for his career. And actually, in the first four years that he was playing, blocks weren't even accounted for. So, like his total numbers are would you would expect them to be way higher than what? They oh, that's were. crazy! I actually did not yeah. know that. That's no, it's crazy. insane. I'm looking at it while Benny was yeah. saying it, and it's actually crazy that this man probably was averaging at least three and a half blocks even when he started in the league. For sure, but more athleticism as well. Like, I mean, that's just even before we get into like the the team achievements or not mostly team achievements because he six time champion, six time MVP, nineteen time All Star. literally almost every single year of his career. I don't know what happened that one year. But 19 time all star injured. I think it was injured. Yeah, he that year. had a broken, uh, I think it was hand to start the year and he missed like 20 games. And that's the okay. only reason why he didn't right. make all star okay. that year. Yeah. 15 time um, all NBA, 10 time yeah. all defense. All, all, oh, we didn't even mention the all. He's the all time NBA scorer. He's yeah, all, he's all time yeah. NBA scorer and he's top three in blocks and steals. I believe. Right. So yeah, exactly. He has the most MVPs. And then we, oh, and also you said, what did you say, Mike? He's top three in steals. Steals also weren't counted for in the first four years that he was playing. So, yeah, he, he could be number one in blocks and steals. He could. No, he, he could. You know what? You know what? He, if people wanted to even argue with him as the best player in the NBA, I honestly wouldn't even get upset. Oh, yeah. Like in NBA history, I wouldn't get upset. His longevity, the only player we've ever seen with this, like this sort of longevity and these, these attributes, these accolades that this guy has, was able to put up throughout his career is LeBron. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah. And even then, I would make the claim that he's actually healthier only because we know the sample size of Kareem, which was 19 years, and injury was not an issue. Like, it, it never, like, besides the hand, which right. was, like, 20 games. Yeah, it was a freak accident. Really, it wasn't yeah, even freak anything, accident. like, chronic. Yeah, like, this man was a starter in the day. Like, we're counting the years that they counted games started, right? He started, like, every game at the end of his career, which means he was starting every game before that because it was much better before that. So point being, not only was he like longevity wise, the greatest, his minutes per game are insane. In the beginning of his career, this man was averaging 43 minutes first season, 40, then 44, 42, 43, 42, 41. So like, I know back then a bunch of players were running 40 minutes a game. That's great. But none of them played for 20 years and started every game and played the amount of minutes this man played, made played the amount of games this guy played, played the amount of games started with the I stats this man numbers. had. Exactly. Yeah, with yeah. the stats that he put up, like you said, twenty time All Star, and like I kind of I think we're gonna talk about the All Stars a little bit later, just because that's how I based my list. All Stars are great, but I go more by All NBA. 
The guy was still a 15-time All-NBA player. Yeah, an 11-time All-Defense. I, I think you. I don't know if you mentioned that, Benny. And five, five, five of those yeah. are first team. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So, like, arguably, this man was in the top 15 as an NBA player, and I'm saying like yeah. top 15 in terms of like maybe he was an All-NBA third, but I don't know the specifics. This man was a top 15 NBA player for 15 years. How many yeah. players can you say that about? Yeah, and third best center in the league. Right, you and know, so. Funny enough that Benny mentioned the longevity thing in LeBron in any list that you hear about the goat, which I'm not going to answer that question right now. Cause I just refuse to, but <laughs> they, the conversation is always Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and there will be a group that will say Kareem. And honestly, I won't be ever mad at a group that considers Kareem a goat. I can't. Agreed. And he, you know, you can, I think you can there's back a lot to be said about like the era he played in which is, you know, 70s, 80s, uh, I think, you know, 60s, like late 60s as well. Um, that's, that's like the golden ages of the NBA. We're talking about like he's going against stacked teams, really good players. Yeah, he had good teams, but, you know, it's, it, every team had good players. So um, when he's taking that into account as well, it's like, you know, he he, he just – it was there weren't empty stats. They were like very difficult stats to get. So, yeah. So I think we agree on Kareem. Yeah, uh, we agree at Kareem at number one. If anybody easy else has another one. center, that's a problem. Yeah, Talk you're to wrong. us later. <laughs> so, Easy, why don't you go with uh, our number two then? Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Wilt number two. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Benny, where, did you have Wilt number two? I did. So I had Wilt at number five, actually. Wow, what? Yeah, I'm at yeah, number five. I had a feeling. I had a feeling and this would happen. What? I don't know. Should I say my number two? Because I guess Say your two through four. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go as we go along. I'll say my number two is Shaq. So, wow, okay. I almost did that. I almost yeah, did my that. My number okay. two is Shaq. Okay. okay. Wow. So, this make, is going to make the case for Will. And I guess hey, I'll make the case for Shaq. Hey, yo, so, this yeah. is going to get really interesting now that you brought Very. up the Shaq's your number two because that's yeah. going to change everything. And Will's at five. Now. No, Will's at five. That's going to look so different. You, yep. Leva just dropping the wall. I told you it would get spicy at Shaq before the photo. I told him it's going to get spicy at number two. <laughs> this is what I'm going to say about Will. And like, again, like I said earlier, you can move any of these guys to number two through five and you can make the case for them completely. <sighs> okay. Wilt, by far the most dominant player of that era. It's not even close. Like we're not even, I can't even make the case for another guy. Like if you tell me Bill Russell, I'm going to tell you the guy still averaged more career rebounds than Bill Russell. And that's just a fact. The man averaged 30 points a game. There was a season where this man averaged 50 points in a season. I, I mean, I get that the era was different. Like, I get it was the early 60s, but nobody was doing that in the 60s. And I nobody's doing that today. Going into the accolades, this man is a four-time MVP, 13-time All-Star, which, eh, I don't care about the All-Stars. 10-time All-NBA. This guy played from 1959 to 1973. So that's around, like, what, 14 years? He was a 10-time All-NBA. I don't even know. If, did they do All-NBAs? back then like that early on i'm pretty sure they did from what i can tell he was 10-time all nba and two-time all defense right okay and then the all-time defense thing that probably didn't start until the late 60s i'm assuming oh yeah for sure absolutely right yeah so seven-time scoring champion 11-time total rebound champion and that's in the same era as bill russell so all nba started in the 40s in the late 40s the all nba selections all right so then it's 10 it's 10 then so either way, 10 All-NBAs, the guy was the 11-time rebound champion, one finals MVP, two rings. 
He played in an era where the Boston Celtics lineup was literally, I, I, I don't know where I saw the stat. I think it was like four Hall of Famers on that roster. I could be wrong. Uh, I'm going to look that up while we're doing this, but I'm almost positive right. that he was in an era where he's playing at least three Hall of Fame Boston Celtic players. For sure. I don't know how you expect that man to win every time if you're playing that team. I, I, I just don't know. So point being, he was statistically the most dominant player of the era. And he has the accolades. He's a physical specimen. I've never seen a man like that in my life in that era. Have you, like, you guys have seen the videos. I'm pretty sure we've sent it in the group chats. The, the blocks that this man had, and that was at the end of his career when he had that block, the one on top of the backboard. That, yeah. yeah, that's so I, crazy. I can't get that image out of my head. I'm sorry. Like, there's just, it doesn't matter what any other center on the list does. That video will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> It's yeah, he, he, he has he could he looks like he could play like when he was the prim, when he was in his prime anyways. He looked like he could have played today, like so, right. Yeah, I agree with you. And like uh, this is a man, I, I would argue that this isn't even a man who really like put basketball first. Like, oh, think no, about it. Like this all. guy, like again, great player and everything, but like I don't remember I don't hear people talking about his work ethic. Like I've never I think heard there was someone a season say when he came in as a rookie that he weighed like 300 pounds or something crazy like, like that. That's what I'm so. saying. Like, imagine if this man had the work ethic. Do you know how terrifying that guy yeah. would be? Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, you guys go. Uh, Benny, you, you go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll give my rebuttal, I guess. All right. <laughs> so I, I know that I had Kareem one and will two, and we all had Kareem one and then me and easy had will at number two, but I just, I really, I honestly do disagree. Like I, if people wanted to put Will at one, I don't think it's it's a bad take, like, at all. Like, because, like, if we're looking at this guy and he, to me, is literally, like, if you take any random-ass 2K player and you max out, like, whatever size he was, I don't know if he was seven feet, but whatever size he was, and you just completely max out on strength, athleticism, uh, finesse, skill. This guy had all that, like, averaging 30 points and 23 rounds for his career blocks were not recorded actually when he played i'm pretty sure so there's that yeah but they, obviously they weren't imagine... but we know he would have led in that exactly <laughs> we know he would have been a monster <laughs> and so and he even had a season like he had a 50 50 points and 26 rebound season and a 45 point and 24 rebound season like this guy was a 2k player before the atari was even invented in the fucking 50s <laughs> <laughs> And he won seven straight scoring titles. It's like Easy was saying, like, yeah, it was the 60s, whatever. But nobody was doing this in the 60s. And nobody's doing, like, no one's anywhere near as dominant, like, even today that we've seen. And by all accounts, obviously, we didn't watch this guy play. But by all accounts, he was, he was actually a fantastic playmaker, even though the ball was the size of a pebble in his hand. Because he had, like, 12-inch hands or something like that. Which is not, like, hyperbole at all. Hyperbolic at all. He... He would have had more titles if he wasn't playing against Bill Russell Celtics all the time. I think he had two. He had two for his career, but he yeah, did win. Two rings. He did win in 1972 when he was quote unquote ring chasing with the Lakers because he had Goodrich, Jerry West, and Elgin Baylor. But he was Finals MVP, and he was Will obviously with that size. Will was just also a dominant defender, and Russell. I mean, I had I had Will over Russell for for things like this, but mainly also because. Obviously, Russell was a dominant uh, defender like Will was, but Will was um, a much better scorer, and Russell was just a mediocre scorer. I think that's kind of why how I separated the two of them. But I had Russell. I didn't have him at, at third, but I did have him lower on the list. I'm just comparing him because they were both playing at the same time. I don't know. People like to say who was the better one. In the yeah, 
Yeah, I actually I do have uh, Russell at four and Will at five, um, which you know, for, for our list it is a hot take. Um, but I'll just focus on Shaq for now. I mean, in terms of like, I think Ben, you said that uh, in terms of longevity, nobody really matches what Wilt did. But I kind of disagree. I think, I think a lot. Of, I think the players I have, I think all the players I have ahead of Will basically did what he did and more. Um, obviously, the fifty points, like the you know those crazy ridiculous like video game numbers, like you know I got to give it to him. Like even with the era, like obviously yes. I mean that's why he's a top five center on my list. Like it's ridiculous what he did. Yeah. Um, I do bump down. Russell and Chamberlain and some of those older guys just because they're they're in I mean at the time in the 60s there were only eight teams so like it's just not the same it's just not the same NBA and I think you know as we got into the modern NBA uh it just became more difficult to win and you know it was difficult to win in his era because like you said he was going up against the Celtics with a million Hall of Famers and all that so you know I'll give you that those are good points I'm not like gonna be mad at it but I do have Shaq at number two and I think so which in itself that. is not a bad is not a bad spot to put him. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, outside of like the you know the whole he was so dominant. You know, if you see the highlights, you see him play. Like the, his physical tools were ridiculous. Um, you know, so similar like crazy physique as Will. Like I, Will was probably he might have been a little taller. Even I'm not really sure. Two different body types. Shaq was like super wide. Wilt was very tall and, and, and quick. So was Shaq at the beginning. But I'll read, I'll read the accolades. So Shaq is eighth all time in 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 points and blocks. He's fifteenth all time in rebounds. Four time champ. Three Finals MVPs. Twelve All NBA selections. Eight of those were first team. Fifteen time All Star. Um, and he has one MVP. Um, and then my thing is, so if you compare Shaq's, uh playoff stats with just about anybody but even wilts and of course will was putting up ridiculous numbers you know will has that you know playoff seasons where he's averaging 35 34 um but Shaq, you know he had seasons where he was averaging 30 and 15 he had two in, in the 1999 2000 run and 2000 2001 uh finals runs he was averaging 30 and 15 which is ridiculous in this era by the way uh, i mean for both this is true for both players but i mean you know, in Shaq's time, he actually had the three-point line, and he was doing this without the three-point line, and was shooting, you know, those stupid, you know, whatever he was shot as a free throw, 45% from the free throw line. So, and to me, that just speaks to how dominant he was. Obviously, really good defensively. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be mad that Wilt's number two. Um, for me, it was just, you know, on my list, I bumped down people who played in eras where you know they had like 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 i said eight teams total in the league um so it's a knock i mean you can call it you can say it's unfair or whatever um but i just think in terms of longevity you know Shaq has very similar longevity um you know he was good all the way up through like 2006 really um i have him third easy so yeah i'm second oh boy oh boy this is when uh this is when things get spicy i don't have Shaq number two or three. Um, okay. I have Hakeem number three. What do you okay. have Shaq on your list? I have Shaq fourth. You have Shaq fourth? Okay. Okay. You were scaring me there when you said yeah, I was going to get spicy. Like, really, I was getting no, nervous. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Chill, 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 chill. Okay, okay, I have, okay. I just have a really deep respect for Hakeem. Okay, so I since I'm next, actually, I also have Hakeem number three. Okay. So he, he's my third overall. 
Um, could, could I make a quick? Any? Yeah, go yeah, for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. To finish up, like I don't know, I just yeah, wanted absolutely. to make a quick point on yeah on Shaq since we were talking about him, like because mm-hmm. like putting him second, like is not bad at all. And honestly, like like for me, like he's right up there with Will Chamberlain as like the most physically dominant, like or slash unstoppable player in NBA history as just like four-time champion, obviously three-time finals MVP with the Lakers and the Miami Heat. But at one point, this guy was putting up 23 and 14, but that wasn't not, not only in his prime, but that was his rookie season in the early 90s, which is still like in that time frame of the most physical quote-unquote era in the, in the league history, you know, that 80s to 90s era that gets talked about a lot, especially in the greatest of all time debates for for jordan but a 15-time all-star 14-time all-nba just and uh, he was actually an, an unbelievable defender but it's not talked about enough in my opinion because he didn't try as hard when he left orlando but he definitely had it in him and he showed it in his career enough to prove that he was a very good defender it's just it, he, he had that thing kind of like with will with uh, easy part of the point with will it's just despite him he just wasn't completely motivated and i just think that like despite not being completely motivated in the off season to morph himself into the, I don't know, the Megatron he could have been like, there was like, there was not a single player in the NBA that could stop this man. And for his entire career inside of three feet, he shot 75%. And like, that is ridiculous. Like we, we would be saying that's crazy. If we looked at will or Kareem, they probably did do similar numbers to that. But like, I think you brought up the point, Mike, like he's doing that in, in not a modern NBA that today, but, a, you know, a more recent time, right with more more uh, physical era compared to what we have today and 75% like is ridiculous for anybody to do in any era let alone in, in those early 90s and throughout his entire career that's what he shot but I, I really think like with Shaq like if he had had a more motivation to stay in shape I, I think he not only like would be my best player on this list actually he would be within the best three players my best my three best players of all time and if I really thought about it it is off the cuff, but I do believe it. Like if I really thought about it, he might even be, if he, again, if he had kept the motivation in the off season to stay in shape and everything else, he would probably be the best player in the history of the NBA. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Like that both these players we're talking about have like those motor issues where they just, you yeah. know, they weren't like, they didn't have that mama mentality, you know, the cliche mama mentality of like, be the best and be driven to, I, you know, fairly unfairly, that's just the stigma they have. Um, but it's funny because for Will, I feel like, and this is part of the reason why I also knocked him down too, is because he 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 would like do things like, oh, you know, this season I want to average ten assists, or I want to average, you know, like a ton of rebounds, um, and like purposefully do things on his team that weren't necessarily about winning, but more about just his own stats. Um, and, you know, so I don't think he was the, the easiest teammate to be around. I mean, that's more anecdotal stuff that I've read. Um, so, you know, take that as you will. Uh, for Shaq, for Shaq, it was definitely like a little bit of, you know, not being in shape. The free throws, I mean, imagine if this guy could hit free throws at like a, even a 60% clip for his career where he would be. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting that these two guys are like at such, such different places on, on all our lists. Yeah. So I'm about to wreck your whole Shaq theories, guys. All right, I'm done. I'm not going to wreck it, but he's not my number three. Hakeem's my number three. Okay, yeah, Hakeem, um, Hakeem is my number three as well. Okay, so let me get this straight, Leva. You had yeah. Kareem? So I have Kareem, Shaq, and Hakeem. Okay, and then, Benny, you had Hakeem, Wilt, no, Kareem. and Shaq. Oh, Kareem, um, Wilt, and then Shaq. Yeah. Okay. 
I have is Kareem Akeem Wilt. on your list, Benny? Oh, yeah, of course he is. Okay, where, where is he at on your list? He's fifth. Okay. All right. That's a huge sign of disrespect, but <laughs> fine. All right, Hakeem. This man gets drafted. I'm almost positive the same year as Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And somehow that man is not considered a bust. Okay. That already puts you into perspective how good Hakeem was. All right. For sure. For sure. This man won the MVP one year in the same era as Michael Jordan, the alleged GOAT. Great. This man won or made 12 All Star teams, 12 All NBAs. And at the center position, that means he was in the top three of centers. He had to have been top three center because there's no f- multiple center All NBA guys. Great. Nine time All Defensive team. Okay. Not Shaq. Not David Robinson, not Patrick Ewing, none of the centers in the 90s, Hakeem. So he was a much better defender than everybody else in the era where the center was one of the biggest deals on the team. Okay, glad right. we're there. Yeah, two time defensive player area, of the year. Era. Yeah. yeah, two time defensive player of the year. That's a little low, but considering he made nine all defensive teams, that doesn't mean he was a bad defender. That just means he wasn't the NBA's choice of best defender. But you can make the argument he was the longest, like longevity-wise, the longest, like best defender the NBA's had. You can make that argument from the center position. I probably agree with you there. Two-time total rebound champ, two-time champion, two-times finals MVP, which means he was the best player on his team two times. Um, If we want to talk MVPs and the difference between him and Shaq, Shaq had eight MVP shares at the time in top five voting. Hakeem had six in the same era as Michael Jordan. So, you know, we can say everything we want about Shaq and his dominance. Hakeem dominated his era. And you can make the argument that if Jordan doesn't take that break, the Houston Rockets still beat the uh, the Bulls. Because well, that we can't, was we can't, we can't do that. You can make the argument. Why not? You could, but I mean, it shouldn't be put into like for... Like it shouldn't be used to like say like where we're gonna say all time because that's not that's just, it's, because like it's not what happened is, is what I'm saying. I'm just putting it into perspective in the sense that it's not in, like when you think about the teams that Jordan played in the '90s, the Houston yeah. team would have been one of the best teams he played, if not the best team he played, right? Other than the Jazz, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's what fair. I mean. I agree. Okay, but yeah, that's my case, and he was the best player in the league at least one year. And that's in the same year. That's in the, again, the same era as Michael Jordan, the alleged greatest of all time. Yeah. He's definitely so solidly three on my list for sure. Um, I, I also thought about putting him over Shaq. Um, the only reason I did it is just, I, you know, he had, I mean, it, it is what it is. Shaq had four championships, um, three in a row. So like, I feel like, you know, just because of that, I kind of gave him the edge, but it's really close. Um, Hakeem, like just one quick note I want to say, he's top 15 all time in points, rebounds, steals, and blocks. So that's four categories that he's top 15 in. And I think at the time that he retired, and that's, it still may be the case, he was the only player with uh, 3,000 blocks and like 2,000 steals. So just again, to put into perspective how good of a defender he was. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Benny, did you have anything you want to say? For Kareem? Uh, no, I'm sorry, or, for, for or whoever Hakeem. you have at, at number three, if you want to make the case for somebody else. Uh, well, my number three was Shaq. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 So we both had Shaq over. Yeah. Hakeem. I think, yeah. and just like the argument that I got to make in Hakeem's favor, and I know it's not really like an argument that you can make just because it's the way different careers go. Hakeem stayed on one team until very late in his career, like literally until the last year. 
Shaq went from Orlando to the Lakers. Yeah, he made that into a championship. But let's not forget that Shaq's two best teammates in his career were Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade. Who were Hakeem's oh, yeah, two sure. best teammates in his career? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's a great I point. I can't. I. Yeah. I can't. On the name top of my head, I can't. I can't. Otis tell you. Thorpe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Otis Thorpe. <laughs> Otis Thorpe, maybe. Um, I have to see the 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 rosters that he won the championships with, but that, that's I can't why like, imagine... we were talking about like um if they had played the Bulls during that like when Jordan to that like let's say Jordan didn't take that break when you were making that point. And they played each other in the finals. That's why I actually right. really think that the that I, the, the only reason I the only reason I say it is because every regular season matchup that they met up, Houston would dominate them. Like that was yeah. one of the few teams that Chicago did not match up well against at all. Yeah, that's the only reason I make that case. Um, and just again, like no matter how you see it, like it's just it's just going to be based on what we know about their careers. Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, those are two of the top three shooting guards all time. I can't name you the best teammate Hakeem had. And then with Wilt, you could say, was it, well, who, who did Wilt play with? I think it was Jerry West. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Jerry last West, he was with Jerry West, Goodrich, and Elgin right. Bader. His last and then Kareem stage. had Magic Johnson. I so think he like, had Oscar Robertson. Oh, no, Oscar, no. Who's the one that uh, Oscar, Robertson? Oh, yeah, he had Oscar Robertson at the end in yeah. Milwaukee, too, when yeah. he started. Yeah, before so he left. Every single player here that's in our top five had a teammate of some sort that made the Hall of Fame. Like and was with them for multiple years. I can't say the same for Hakeem. Yeah, and no, you can't. to be he able doesn't. to do what he did to on one team, he did not leave the team to make it happen to win two rings. I I give the respect that Hakeem deserves in that case for sure. And there was there were I actually points. Hakeem. There there were there was a I forgot what what year it was. It was before they won the championships or. I'm not, I'm not going to say when I think it was because I could be wrong either way, but there was there was definitely a point in Hakeem's career where he he did want to leave and he wanted to get traded because he just didn't like how – he just didn't like what he had to work with basically, like as far as like a supporting cast goes. So even on top of like, you know, that – I guess you could say turmoil and everything else, you know, he was still able to, you know, he carried that franchise to two yeah. titles and put up those ridiculous numbers all with the no, pressure I mean, of like, you know, do I want to stay here? Do I want to move my family? Do I want to go play somewhere else? Yeah. You know, he's still able to do what he did. This there is so one, I'm looking. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. What were you say, Leva? I think we might have been saying the same thing. I was gonna say like the one year that stuck out to me when I was looking at his basketball reference was 1990. Uh, and keep in mind that year that I think the the Rockets only won 46 or 47 games, um, but he averaged 24, 14, 4.6 blocks, all while <laughs> shooting. He shot 71 percent from the free throw line, and uh, from the field. I'm trying to find the field goal percentage. Field goal, 50%. he shot 50%. So, I mean, yeah. And, again, he only the team only won 46 games with that monstrous stat line. So, I think that does kind of adds to your point easy about him yeah. not having the best teams. And I will say that he did have Clyde the second ring that he won, right? But he was still the finals MVP that year. That year. And then even the year before that, he didn't have Clyde Drexler, won a ring, and his second best teammate was Otis Thorpe, averaging 14 points a game. And in the playoffs, Otis Thorpe wasn't even the leading scorer. Hakeem was averaging 29 points a game in the playoffs that year, not just the finals, with 4.3 blocks a game. So the guy clearly dominated when he needed to. That's my number three. Um, And, yeah, we can go on to four. Yeah, so, Benny, go ahead. You're up. My fourth is Bill Russell. Okay, I have the same number four. By you, easy. I got Shaq. Okay. Okay. And, and where's yeah. Bill Russell on your list? Number five. 
Okay. Okay. I so think we all have the same, same top players. five. I think we all have the same top five. Well, the same players, right? Yeah, same, same players. players. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah the yeah, same yeah. players in the top five. Same so, players for sure. There you go. There you go. But um, yeah, just talking about Shaq real quick for number four. I yeah. agree with all the points you guys made. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far to say he'd be the greatest of all time in the league if like he was motivated. I don't know. It depends on the era, honestly. Um, but yeah, Shaq was just a physical beast. I that's the closest thing to dominance from that position we're ever gonna see, in my in my opinion. Um, unless yeah, somebody... he's like the last dinosaur, right? He's like... Right, he's like the last of that kind of like just you look at him and he's just gonna destroy you. Like you you can't game plan it. Like at least like, and we'll talk about it later with like guys in the modern NBA. You can game plan for Embiid as much as you think that you can't. Like you can make some sort of strategy to keep him out of the paint and like let him stretch the floor. Maybe you maybe you die like that, but that's how you want to die, not with him in the paint. You can't stop Shaq. You you couldn't stop Shaq. If you could have, you would have, but they didn't. So Shaq, I, I agree with all your points about Shaq. And then I'd love to hear you guys talk about Bill Russell because if it's based on your list, that means, Leva, you had Bill ahead of Wilt. Mm-hmm. And I had him means, one spot ahead of Wilt. Yeah. yeah. And then, Benny, that means you would have Bill ahead of Hakeem. Correct. But actually, I was really struggling with, with him and Hakeem. I really could have had him at fourth. But, I mean, I, I, left, I left Bill Russell at fourth, so I'm just going to stick with him at that. But, yeah. I'd love to hear then, Leva, why you would pick Bill Russell ahead of Wilt. And I just want to like gauge what was like the indicator or difference that got you to that point. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, ahead, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, obviously they're kind of like the standard bearers for their era and they played directly against each other, like their primes overlapped. So I, I love reading about the two of them because I think, um, you know, they kind of really represent that pre modern to like modern NBA. Um, but so basically, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, um, Bill Russell at every turn was basically stomping on Will Chamberlain. And a lot of that, I agree, has to do with with the teams. I'm not saying that, like, you know, uh, they were necessarily on a level playing field, even though I think the Celtics of that era compared to, like, Wilt's 76ers, yes, they were, a lot, they were better, but I don't think uh, the gap was, like, as large as we'd be led to believe. If you read about it, like in terms of number of Hall of Fame players, number of uh, all-star selections, the Celtics definitely had more, but it wasn't like a ridiculous number. Um, that being said, if you look at like uh, their playoff matchups and you read about it, uh, Bill Russell uh, basically dominated Will, a guy who was much taller than him, uh, much more physically imposing. Uh, when they would play against each other, Wilt's numbers actually dipped from the regular season to the playoffs, while Bill Russell's numbers went up significantly. And we're talking about a guy who, you know, he was getting like 20 rebounds a game in the playoffs and crazy numbers like that. I mean, um, so that's one part of it. Uh, so it's just in terms of like directly matching up against each other in the same era, um, obviously Bill he it just it is what it is in my opinion he just was ahead of him and yeah a lot of that has to do with the team but i think genuinely bill russell was a more gifted player than will uh you know obviously will had all the physical attributes but i think bill russell had a higher iq i think he was a better teammate and i think he did more like winning more uh he had a more winning attitude um and then secondly like one of the things about bill russell that like i always really admired was that he was a player and a coach for championship teams that he was on. And imagine being, you know, at that time he took over for, um, I forget the name of the, 
the famous Celtics head coach in that era that coached him. Um, but he, he, he took over for him as the coach and while he was still player, while he was still the best player on the team uh, and winning championships. So, you know, for, for those reasons, Bill, Bill Russell's always going to be like one of my favorite players. Um, and that's why, you know, again, it, it's, it's, it's kind of an easy case for me to make because they played directly against each other and they were in the same era. So for those reasons, I have Bill Russell ahead of Will Chamberlain. Yeah, they make sense. I mean, like, again, you can make any case for any of these guys. Like, if I really wanted to, and I would get a lot of slack for it, I'd put Hakeem number two, like, if I really wanted to. You can and put like, anybody two through five, and I'd, I'd believe it. Like, I wouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah. yeah. I, I take no issue with anything you said about Bill Russell at all. I don't know about, about you, Benny. Uh, yeah, Ben, I don't know if you had any other thoughts. on If either of you guys have any other thoughts before we move on to number six. Um, no, I mean, I had, I had Bill Russell for like, we, I was, and then I have to team right after that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so my, you, yeah. Yeah. Who, so, who's a, all right. This is when things are going to get weird. Yeah. I think, uh, I think easy. Yeah. I think easier. Is it me? I think so. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't even know, but let's just do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> number six, I have David Robinson. So do I. Um, okay, well, I have I have him a little lower actually. I have him at uh, number seven. So there yeah. Go. So yeah. well, we're at six right now, so it's not that much yeah. of a difference. Yeah. Okay. Um, David Robinson. David Robinson. Where do I start? Um, first two years didn't even play because he had military service. Right. What a guy. Um, so what a guy. Right. U.S. Navy. Um, what does he do when he comes back? Oh, I don't know. He only averages twenty-four points, twelve rebounds, uh, two blocks. Uh, or no, two assists, uh, 1.7 steals, basically four blocks um, in his first season back. Um, just a dominant player for his era. Um, maybe the window was small, but again, I attribute that to him being in the military. He would, have, he would have had two more years of dominance, clearly, because he waited two years and still dominated. Um, I also attributed to having Tim Duncan as a teammate eventually. I mean, if you have the number one pick on your team, your stats are going to go down. Either way, if we get into the accolades, um, we got a 10-time All-Star. We got a two-time NBA champ, 10-time All-NBA. So for 10 years, he was arguably a top three center. Um, eight-time All-Defensive, um, total rebound champ once, scoring champ once. Um, and that was in 1993-1994. You could say Jordan would have gotten it if he was still around in that year, but still, he got it. Um, was a Defensive Player of the Year one year was a MVP one year, 1994 to 1995. Um, he just has the makeup of a really quality big man in the 90s, and he has the ring. Um, all right, is it a ring or two rings? I'm, I'm, he has two he has rings. Two. Yeah, he has two rings. So, yeah, I mean, he just has a really good makeup. I'm looking at all the other centers on the list, and I could see why you would put one more ahead of him. But other than him, I don't really see a reason why um, – David Robinson wouldn't be at the top of that list personally. And even in the years where what I always forget which years he won the ring. 99 but, was one. And then I think 2000. Yeah. 2002. So it wasn't really one where he was like a huge factor. Um, but yeah, he was like a mainstay for the Spurs for a decade and the first two years military service. So arguably I'm not saying he would have gone 12, maybe 11. If you, if you don't count the rookie year, I would assume. Um, so yeah, I don't think much changes in that sense, but yeah, just a really great center. 
yeah, he was like, he obviously like right right after he came in, like you were saying, he's using the, in the Navy, but right off the get go, he was like an elite low post scorer and defender. He was like that star worth that once he came back from the Navy and Greg Popovich got his hands on him, that really ignited that like that San Antonio takeover of the the, the entire NBA basically, aside from the the Laker runs. But he was an MVP, ten time All Star, and you said in what like thirteen year career that he had, he was ten time All Star. He he's a scoring champion, eight time All Defense. He's Defensive Player of the Year. He's just a complete perfect player and perfect size as well for that era. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I have David Robinson just one spot down, one spot below at seven. What do you have um, ahead of him? So at six, I have uh, actually Moses Malone. Yeah. Okay, I have him at seven. Yeah, I figured he, he'd be on all of our lists. Um, and so, you know, basically, uh, I'll just read his accolades real quick. He's fifth all-time in rebounding. He's ninth all-time in points. He probably would have been eighth if you count, uh, if he didn't have two years in the ABA. Um but regardless, he's still top 10. Um, and he averaged uh, really quickly, like in the in the finals, I just want to point out they averaged 26 and 18 in the 1983 finals, one, MB, one finals MVP that year. Um, and he is a 13-time All-Star, uh, eight-time All-NBA, two-time All-Defense. And, you know, at this point in the list, you really start talking about, like, longevity because uh, there's, like, a lot of really talented guys that – could be you know six through ten um but just they don't have the the length of career to back it up um but that's not the problem with Moses Malone I mean the guy played from 75 to 95 um the last three years were kind of mad but all through 1992 he was really good um so that that's basically why I have him ahead of, of Robinson just like really long career um he's you know all those all-stars an NBA champion so yeah. Yeah. That's a good I don't know pick. how strongly I don't know how strongly you guys feel. Sorry, Easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, go go for it, buddy. Okay. I don't know how strongly you guys would feel about this, but in my opinion, Moses Malone is actually the greatest sixer ever. I don't know how strongly you guys feel about Allen Iverson and players like that, but or Julius Irving and whatever. But for yeah. me, he's the greatest sixer ever. Three time MVP. Not all of them with the Sixers, but he's actually the only player in history to win back to back on two different teams, MVPs. Um, 20 year career, even though he was twice in the NBA, ABA, excuse me, he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, rebounder of all time on, to, for as far as total rebounds and offensive rebounds, especially. And he was a very good scorer as well. I think it's I, just tough to put a guy as the best player of a franchise when he played there for like four years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I know I he, got he was just ring. so good. In my, I don't know. He was just so good to me when I was looking, when I was researching him before we did this. I mean, he had a year where he averaged, uh, you know, uh, 24 and 15 for them, which is great. I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, I mean, I'd have to look at, like, Julius Irving's career. Um, and also, uh, again, at Wilt's stint with the Philadelphia 76ers, because obviously he was there for a few years, and it wasn't – it was, like, pretty comparable to the amount of time that Moses Malone was there. But the championship probably does give him the edge. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I think Moses Malone is like some uh, an NBA player a lot of people should know more about, but he just played in such a difficult era again well, in the 80s and the 70s. Like, not even just that, he crazy. played in the era with the best center of all time. So, like, yeah, with Kareem, we're talking about a guy yeah. who would probably be talked of way more if he wasn't playing with actually, literally the best fact, center of all time. Yeah, fun fact, he actually outplayed Kareem in a lot of those head to head matchups in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I didn't know. That. Yeah, he, was, he was a very good player, like in yeah. his own right, obviously. I he think was, also he's yeah. not talked about as much because we don't see him in the media a lot because he passed away at right. a young age. He passed away when he was sixty, I think, like ten years ago or some something like that. Mm-hmm. So we don't see him in you know we don't see him like on you know TNT or ESPN or whatever like that. I think that's probably part of the yeah. reason why. For sure, I still and think for, Dr. also. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. what were you saying? I was gonna say that I still think Doctor like Julius Irving would be the best sixer all time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's t- definitely a fair shout. Yeah, but yeah for sure. Moses Malone definitely makes a case for like the best window of a player in Philly. Okay, it's kind of like the LeBron and D Wade thing, right? It's right, kind of, it's the same greatest thing. Miami Heat. Yeah, most talented player versus like best right, player best in franchise. Player yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. One more thing on Moses Malone. Just I know I said it before, but like to be fifth all time in rebounding, ninth all time in points, like this late in the list, like that starts to really matter more because you're not going to run into a lot of people who have those top. 25 or top 25 in different categories um again just speaks of longevity so yeah yeah for sure so uh, yeah i'm trying to understand so i had david robinson six but you got you label you had um Adam seven moses malone six and david robinson malone, six seven. and david robinson seven and then benny you had david robinson and moses malone six and seven yeah okay so then who's up next for number eight i think that's easy no, I think that's Benny now because I went last time with David Robinson. All right. I oh, that's me. It's me. It's me. It's me. Oh, it's you. It's you. Okay, yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so number eight, I have uh, George Meekin, actually. Um, okay. I have him 10th, actually. Okay. So, yeah. So Meekin, I was, I was telling Benny, or sorry, easy about this off the podcast. But so obviously, like, if you look at his, his uh I feel career, so included. Yeah, I'm sorry. You weren't there. You weren't there. Um, but, you know, he was a six-time All-NBA – or, sorry, yeah, six-time All-NBA uh, slash All-BAA because he started, uh, you know, playing for the Minnesota Lakers <laughs> before before the NBA was, was a thing. Um, he has a short career. Um, it's only from 1949 to 1956. But the big reason why I have him – on the list even to begin with and at number eight at this point um, is because of all the rule changes that happened be- just <laughs> because of him. Um, so there are essentially three major rule changes that occur in basketball because of George Meekin's dominance, uh, two of which happened while he's in the NCAA, which is they introduced shot clock and <laughs> they introduced the goaltending rule. <laughs> So before that, there there wasn't really a, a solid goaltending rule. It was just do whatever you want around the rim. I guess. And it still took him like forty years after that, or thirty years to record blocks. Yeah, so it was, that was just swat. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then when he got to the NBA, he was so dominant offensively that they had to make the court wider. That they, they had to make uh each lane on, on either side like I think a good uh te- like six feet wider. So they made the court like twelve feet wider overall. Just because he was so huge, he's widely considered to be like the first NBA superstar. For sure. And he, if you look at his Naismith Hall of Fame page, uh, it has a uh, line in there that that he was voted the best player of the first half of the 20th century by the Associated Press. So you know, obviously, he's not a guy that I can tell you he did this well or he had these crazy numbers. I mean, you can look at his basketball reference page. But again, his career was so short. Um, and, you know, compared to some of the other guys we talked about, his numbers 
aren't you know up to par. They were very good. They were very good. No, they were very good. But you know, we're not talking about like Will or Bill Russell or something like that. He's Um, he's just a he's a trailblazer. He's a trailblazer. He's just like incredible. You can't first superstar like you said. Yeah, you can't tell the story of the NBA without George Mikan. So, you know, at this point in the list, I feel like he's. Yeah. Worthy of the ace, ace spot. Yeah. So I your numbers him, retired I, by the Lakers. Yeah. So that's yeah. something. Yeah. Exactly. And I have him number eight too. Um I put him ahead of one guy that I thought about putting ahead of him, but at the end of the day, like like you said, you convinced me like immediately with the rule changes. Those rule changes, like we still see that today. Like like yeah, now is when crazy. we're starting to consider the goaltend rule to like eliminate it only because like Europe Europe does it where like you can still block it over the rim. Mm-hmm. And like now we finally have the athleticism and the guys with the height to actually do something about those shots. But I can't even imagine a world where you have to literally create a goaltend rule because of a guy. Like, do you know how many blocks that guy had to have had a game to exactly. warrant people noticing yeah, exactly. that? Exactly. Like, exactly. The guy had to have been abusing that rule. Just like the rule of like, <laughs> I can just do this whenever I want. It's and... just that he was like one of the few that could probably do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's what's so scary. Sorry. He stood at six ten, and he weighed two forty five. And you know, we're talking again. We're talking about no one stopped early fifties. I mean, at that's that actually point, you know that's, that's a really that's good crazy. shape for a six ten guy back yeah. then. Yeah, like that guy had to have been like really strong, like mm-hmm. very physically strong to be a two forty five six ten guy. Um, that's a good that's a good pick. Yeah, Danny, and he was, sh- he was shooting eighty percent. Sorry, real quick, he was shooting yeah eighty percent from the free throw line one year. So you know, we're talking about a guy who obviously had touch. Um, yeah and just good skill so yeah go ahead benny who do you have uh number eight benny my number eight was patrick ewing okay Okay. yeah yeah obviously like guys it's patrick ewing i mean obviously a great low post player a good great defender as well and wait hold up i'm on sorry okay my thing like blacked out yeah you're good (laughs) great defender great rim protector he was one of those um one of those players i i don't know if this should count as like a as like a win, but I guess it's kind of like the Hakeem thing that we were kind of alluding to a little bit. Like he's one of the only players that could carry his teams to push those Jordan Bulls, I guess, in a way. He's an elite scorer, very good rim protector. I mentioned that already, as well as a very solid rebounder, 11 time all-star, three-time all-defense, seven-time all-NBA. I have him again ahead of guys like Mike in because of that longevity stint. Like obviously, this guy played at an elite level for at least 15 years. I don't have him in front of me right now, but at least 15 years, this guy was at the very top. And obviously, yeah, and it's just one of the best centers ever. He's, he's, he reminds, he, you know, with the, with footwork and things like that, he is kind of like a, like a Hakeem in a way. I don't think he's better than Hakeem, but he is kind of like that, that mold of center. And I have him at eighth. Yeah. Uh, easy. Do you have a uh, Ewing on, on your list? I have Ewing at nine. Um, okay. I also have him at nine. All right, good. So I don't know if you want to talk about him or if you want me to talk about him. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What do you have in mind? Um, I think this is also goes back to the case of who did Patrick Ewing have as a teammate in the 90s to even help him? Um, exactly. Yeah. John Starks. Yeah, I was going to say Starks. And didn't he miss the two free throws to like send them into the <laughs> next round? He bricked both free throws that would have sent him past. And uh, wasn't he like a yeah. great free throw shooter, allegedly? He was like a like a, above 75%, so definitely one should have gone in. Um, but anyways... Um, Arguably top three center in that decade of centers, really. I mean, that's a huge decade of centers, if we're being honest. Seven-time All-NBA, 11-time All-Star, three All-Defensive, um, Rookie of the Year at the time that he was a rookie. Um, really just the face of New York basketball for a whole decade. And no Even one today, talks probably. 
I mean, yeah, arguably today. Yeah. I'd I mean, you always so. have that. You always have the argument of like Walt Frazier um, and that Knicks yeah. team kind of being the team of New York. But for the better part of a decade, there was a Knicks team that actually was competitive and actually got people excited about basketball in New York. Um, and that's, that's huge. At least, at least since we know what New York basketball, New York Knicks basketball has been like our entire lifetime. Can you even imagine a time that the Knicks were consistently good? Like I've never seen it. So not even with him, not even with him, they were able to have like consistent playoff success. They had conference finals, but it was mostly, you know, conference semifinals or and one thing I'll definitely give him. It's kind of like Damian Lillard really in Portland or something like that. No, one thing I'll definitely give him is that he not he made not just one NBA finals, but he made two appearances with the Knicks. Um which you know a lot of people forgot about the second one. Um so I I, I forget more about the first one, honestly. Right, right. And I also just to add to the Ewing, I guess, nuggets, he uh, is top 25 all time in both points and rebounds. So, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive yeah. for a guy that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. Um, he had 10 all NBA, like you guys were saying. So, yeah, I, I think he's worthy of being yeah. a top 10. The injuries also slowed him down a bit. Maybe yeah. even when the Knicks could have made another push um, once Jordan, like, retired. That's when the injuries started hitting him. And um, 97, 98, also 98, 99. He just had a lot of injuries, and that obviously – turned his gameplay into a little bit less than what it used to be. So not a little bit, a lot less. Um, so yeah, just a really good, again, we're talking about top 10 centers all time. Nobody's bad here. Like nobody's bad. That's the, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is like the craziest true. thing you can think of. It's like all these centers that we're talking about are all hall of famers, all were the faces of their team at some point. And one of the faces just, of the league. Yeah. One of the faces of the league. Um, okay. This is when things are going to get into our, this, this is, yeah, so is kind of like a, our late round flyer fantasy yeah right? like, who do you have there our hipster head? picks yeah our hipster, hipster picks. picks yes all right <laughs> I'm, I'm i don't want to go first i'm not ready to die on this hill yet but um who, uh, who Benny, wants to go Benny, next? why don't you give your number 10 and I'll, then i'll get my sure guys 10. yeah oh no number nine right are we at nine <laughs> well who's your number nine? Oh, oh sorry Mom. number nine yeah oh because you guys had uh ewing at nine right yeah we had yeah, ewing we had ewing at nine oh okay i had bob mcadoo at nine and then george mike and at 10. Okay, so I'm talking about okay. Bob McAdoo a bit. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have Bob McAdoo on my list. Benny, uh, easy, did you have on your, on your list? No, right? Nah. Okay. Because I have a so, yeah, uh, Benny, why don't you go ahead on Bob McAdoo? <laughs> yeah, one one of the best scoring bigs of his era or in the history of the league, really. Ever since he came into the to the NBA, he led the league in scoring, I think it was three times. He was rookie of the year. Right? He was just an, an instant impact. Yeah, he was on the Celtics. Or no, what what am I saying? He was on the Knicks, I think, right? He was like he was kind of like back and forth. He bounced around some teams, but whatever. He was, I think, he was also playing like in uh, well, back when Buffalo had teams and, and things like that. But he instant impact player, right? And he was the face of his team as soon as he came in. A thirty point per game player for at least four years, I think, three four years. Obviously, he was an all star in a lot of those. He was an all star in a few of those seasons. He's a Hall of Famer, obviously for good reason. He's a scoring champion, like I mentioned before. He's a two time NBA champion. He's obviously made the all-rookie team because he was rookie of the year. He's an all-NBA player multiple times, and he's even a league MVP. And he and he and he lasted quite a long time, even though he bounced around a lot of teams. I actually don't know why that is. I'm seeing it now. He bounced around some teams. He was on like five or six teams, but but he he lasted a long time, and he was an elite player for most of the time that he was in the league. Yeah, I'm starting to low key regret my pick, but I'm gonna die on my hill. So, um, Bob McAdoo's a Wait, good Wait, should pick. I get my number 10 first and then... And then yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I was just going to go a little bit more into Bob McAdoo, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, go go, go into year, Bob McAdoo. Yeah. yeah, one year in 1974, 
he averaged in the playoffs again seven games but still 37 points um 13 rebounds he shot uh what's the field goal 48 percent um just a clearly dominant guy scoring wise he kind of fluctuated between power forward and center if i'm looking at it low key because then again he played later on um a little bit with the lakers as a backup center i'd assume based on the minutes per game for kareem and those were when he won his rings so i guess the only knock i'd have and like it's not even a knock because he dominated at some point you knew he was one of the best players in the league just that the rings came when he was a backup, but like you could say the same about a lot of these other guys when they got their ring. So not really a knock. That's a good um, segue to the next guy you're probably going to see. Right, right. That's that's <laughs> also another reason I said that. But um, but either way, yeah, really dominant guy. Again, I would probably put this guy number ten, but um, I have I have my own reasons. Uh, Leva, you want to go with your number ten? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm glad we all have different guys at number ten. I feel like it'll be interesting. Uh, so my number ten is actually another New York Nick. And it's Willis Reed. Um, so Willis Reed, he's a two-time NBA champion, seven-time All-Star, five, five-time All-NBA, All-Defensive one time. He was a MVP in 1969 to 1970. And both those championships, he was finals MVP. Um, so, you know, definitely golden era of the of the Knicks. He played with, uh, I think, Frazier. Um, you know, won both their championships. I think those are the only championships that they won in NBA history uh the, the next did um you know he was you know a, a, another monster center in that era again we're talking about playing in the same era as as kareem so he, he didn't get a lot of love but you know he shot he he had a year where he averaged 20 points 14 rebounds 72 percent uh from the free throw line not that great from the field like 49 percent but you know, I'll give him the, the nod just because he, he did have a 10-year a career um, that was cut short due to injury. Um, and, you know, I, I think those championships are worth something. Uh, so that, that's basically why I threw him in there at number 10. Um, anybody else that I was putting in there is kind of – either didn't have a, a long career, even though his career is only 10 years, or just didn't have any championships. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we all had different players. So – uh, I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts on Willis Reed before we get to to Easy's uh, big reveal. Yeah, um, yeah, just a good center of the era. Yeah, I, I don't. Willis Reed's a solid pick again at number ten. I'm not gonna complain about anybody else. Like, yeah, exactly. You, you kind of just go with who attracts you the most. And in my case, Dwight Howard is that guy. Dwight Howard yes. is number ten do center it. all time. I'm so dying on the hill. Superman. Let's we do it. We have two Supermen on Volume your list. up. <laughs> it's time to be brave, boys. This is the era to be brave, all right? In an era where there was no center besides Shaq dwindling down, fading in his years of injuries and weight gain, a hero arose, and that was Dwight Howard, all right? The laziest Wizards work legend. ethic I've seen. Laziest work ethic. <laughs> legendarily bad work ethic. This man's still in his career. With the years that he has not gotten minutes, with the years this man is not averaging any points because he's on the bench, he still has a career average somehow, some way of 16 points a game, 12 rebounds, two blocks a game. I don't know how he has the two blocks a game personally with the minutes this man gets. But let's talk about when he was in his prime, okay? We are talking about an eight-time All-Star, an eight-time All-NBA player, five-time rebound champion, two-time block champion, a five-time All-Defensive 
And I, I think I already mentioned a three-time defensive player of the year. Not sure if I mentioned that part. Either way, this man was the heart and soul of the Orlando Magic team that made it to the finals at least one year. So you can at least make the claim that he made the finals as the best player on his team one year, right? In his best window, he was averaging around 17 points, 20 points, 20 points, 18 points, 22 points, and 20 points, all with the Magic. In that time period, he was averaging around 2.5 blocks a game, one steal. This man was getting 14 rebounds a game in the NBA of the 2000s, right? And this is a team that made the playoffs pretty much every year he was there besides the first two. One year, he also made it to the finals. Like I said, in the playoffs, he was averaging 20 and 15. Um, His field goal percentages were above 50% in all of those matchups. One year, in multiple years, he was averaging 60% field goal. So clearly was not a scoring liability necessarily um, in terms of paint efficiency. Free throw wise, obviously a liability, but name me a center here that wasn't a liability from the free throw line besides Akeem. Um, Bob McAdoo, baby. Bob McAdoo, that's fact. (laughs) But uh, yeah, just, I mean, when you think of centers in the decade of of the 2000s and you think dominance besides Shaq, in the early part, there's no other center really I can think of that like just truly took the reins. And I don't think Dwight necessarily took over the league necessarily, but he was definitely up there. He had, um, I think it was six years, six years where he was a top five MVP candidate. Yeah, you could definitely say he was definitely one of the faces of the league as far as you were talking about yeah, taking over. I think absolutely. he definitely was up there, man. Right. And it's crazy because in one of those seasons that you mentioned that where or like when and accurately so you you stated correctly like how he was like at the top of his peak where he was one of the best players like one of those seasons that you mentioned was was that one year or not that one year but that first year that he was with the Lakers when he was with Kobe and I remember Kobe saying that that if that him him seeing Dwight Howard for that one year made him appreciate Shaq like that's how bad yeah. these guys work ethic was <laughs> what a quote. And, it, and even though like yeah and even there like how you said like that was one of the be- one of the years where he was like obviously that wasn't a fun season for him but he was still very good he was still considered in that upper echelon yeah. of nba player even though he was a piece of shit in training basically which is what kobe was saying yeah and i mean like i'm looking at like we see the stats 16 and 12 now that was probably 18 and 12 three years ago before he was a bench player like <laughs> A lot of the stats that we're going to be seeing now later in his career are just going to be as a result of being a bench player and having to accept the role and as a result of him not working hard enough, clearly. Mm-hmm. But it's just the like, again, we talk about windows of dominance, longevity. This man was an eight time all NBA player. Like that's a long time for a center to be good. And like not just at the defensive side, he could still get points in the paint. Not saying he had like an arsenal of moves that he can count on, but alley-oops, no matter how you look at it, the man had a great field goal percentage in the paint. That that there's no debating that his career average in the paint is a 58 percent. I agree. You know, I think if you just take from his rookie season through the first year in L.A., which is 2013, so 05, 04 to 2013, if you told me that he stopped playing after that and you still want to include him on top 10 list, like I'd be OK with it. <laughs> I mean, he was just that good. He had a lot of the those talks about, you know, Dwight Howard, LeBron, if you wanted to, like, build a championship team for a year, right? <laughs> that, like, that, I remember that being on first take. I'm like, I'm like, I still take LeBron, but it's not, like, the worst take in the world. The best one um, was, uh, was who's better, Bynum or? <laughs> Bynum oh, or man. Dwight Howard. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Yeah. I mean, that just kind of goes to show, like, how. I mean, again, I, easy is the only one with, with Dwight Howard on the list. Um, and that's for yeah. 
<laughs> so we were talking listening. off pod. Like at least I'm, I said it. I'm pretty sure you did too, Mike. Like we were saying off pod. Like we were really close to to putting. Yeah, him on he the was list. he was on the cusp. He probably he's probably closer to 15 than 10 for me. If this but... was 11, I would have had him. If yeah. this was like a top 11, he would have been there for sure. But like that just yeah. kind of tells you the story of the league and kind of like I'm not saying the centers in the league were like bad, but like they were very one dimensional. They're not like um they're not gonna be like a dominant force on both sides at least in the history not until now but centers weren't meant to be like these all-around great players necessarily in terms of like all facets of the game like you can say Dikemi Mutombo was a great player but he only got blocks and rebounds you can say that um I mean like it's just a bunch of different things like that's what the center was for a huge amount of decades a defender and a rebounder and that's the limit of what we put on centers at least i i would consider after the Olajuwon david robinson era that's kind of what we are forcing centers to do for the better part of a decade at least 15 years until these new guys now which we'll get into a bit but i just think that i mean for what he was dwight howard eight years took a team to the finals it's like the same argument you can make with Allen iverson he took a shitty philly team to the finals i wouldn't call orlando a bad team necessarily but it definitely wasn't a team that was supposed to be making finals appearances it was literally just a bunch of shooters in the corners waiting for dwight to kick it out after an offensive rebound which is <laughs> which is incredible when you think about it because the nba just moved like if that take that orlando team put them in 2014 and they're probably one of the better teams in the league you know what i mean yeah. like it's crazy how that team was built around him but for a different era, yeah. you know? So, so he was the perfect kind of modern NBA center mm-hmm. for, for that team. Um, Stan Van but Gundy. yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. he also took Stan Van Gundy to the finals. That man yeah, deserves to be in the hall of fame. That man deserves <laughs> to be in my one. top put, 10 Put list. him in number one all time. Put him in number one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, very briefly, I know, I think we're like over an hour here already, but we can oh, kind of wow. take this opportunity to just quickly talk about, the modern NBA centers, you know, since Dwight's still in the league, he could win another ring. I'm not saying that Let's that's going to fall him up the list, but um, there are new centers, though, um, or at least relatively young centers that I think are worth mentioning as, as guys to look out for who could be, uh, you know, in that, you know, six through 10 spot, maybe one, one year, one, one day off in, you know, the next 10, 15 years. Um, you know, uh, so Benny, I guess I'll throw it to you. Um, when when you look at Jokic and Embiid, do you think? I mean, obviously those are kind of the main two we're talking about here. Do you think those two guys have what it takes to make it onto this list one day? I think there's three, and with the third one that I'm mentioning, I'm going to give it away. But it would have to depend a lot about the the work ethic that we that that we talked about with Shaq and uh, with Will. This guy is not at that level. I'm talking about Carl Anthony Towns. He's not at that talent level of Shaq or that dominance level of Shaq or that talent level of will or dominance of both, whatever. But I, I think those three guys, if Kat can turn that around, they, they could definitely, not that they could be, I think they definitely will be on this list. At least like Embiid and Jokic, Jokic for sure. Like, I think they'll be on the list. I could see all three of them on this list one day. What about you, Uzi? And really quickly, I want to, I guess, pose the question. Do, do you want to throw Anthony Davis in this list, or is he more of a power forward than a center? Man, I really don't know how to label that guy. Yeah, He wants to be a power forward, but he's really a center. Like, I really don't That's know. That's what it feels like. That's what I'm going by. I like, just kind of like what he sees himself as a power forward. The Lakers play yeah. him a power forward. Like, I agree. I agree. Yeah, That's why I'll I go with that. in this conversation it, it, for our terms, in my opinion. So, right. But Uzi, yeah. Yeah, what, how do you feel about Jokic and Embiid? I mean, I, I know Benny said... He thinks Jokic has a better chance than Embiid. Do you, do you agree? We have had a lot of conversations about 
Jokic in the last year just because of him being the MVP and stuff like that. I definitely think out of the three, the one that has the best chance of being like, um, I don't know how to describe it, like just transcendental in a way is Jokic. I have never seen, like we've seen bigs that are great, right? And we know that there have been bigs that have like facilitated before, but this is the first time in our era, maybe besides Sub- Ardiva Sabonis back in the day, like for those couple years, that we're really seeing a center that like is the primary facilitator while still also playing in the post. Like we've never seen a center like Jokic in our lifetime. And we've probably never seen an offensively skilled big man like him ever, just in terms of his ability to facilitate, just in his ability to shoot and his ability to navigate the post moves. Just, I mean, I'm not saying as a defender, obviously, because as a defender, I don't expect him to be doing that kind of stuff, but He's just a different type of player that we've just never seen. He's 284 pounds and he's doing these things that point guards do. It's, it's really, it's really just a testament, I guess, one to his work ethic just to get this good so quickly. Um, and then two, a, a testament to Denver being able to develop the talent that he is today. Um, and then in, in terms of Joel Embiid, a hundred percent, I think he can end up on the list for top 10. I mean, I'm, I put Dwight Howard there. Why wouldn't Joel Embiid be there? Um, <laughs> So like, you know, with Joel, it's just going to take that level of consistency, not getting injured again, because we don't, bro, we've for two years, he wasn't in the league and he's been in the league for five years now. How long is he going to last? I don't know. We, we don't know that. And I don't want to sound negative, but I don't, I don't know. I I just genuinely don't know. So both those guys can end up top 10 easily. If Dwight Howard's there at 10 for me, if we're putting guys like Mike in uh, Patrick Ewing, they can end up there very easily barring health concerns. Cat has a lot of work to do, though, at least in the case that Benny brought up. Cat's got a lot of work to do. And I think that's also a testament to the team that he's on, that he's been unfortunately drafted by. But he also extended with them, so I can't feel bad. Um, but yeah, yeah I, in terms I of agree. Jokic and Embiid, they're top 10. The, the track for them is 100% top 10. And based on the amount of rings they win eventually and the longevity like we've been talking about, they can end up top five for sure. Yeah, I think you hit it with Embiid in terms of, like, the injury concerns. Like, even this year, he only played 51 games. So, it's, you know, like, he he, he misses games for all sorts of reasons. And, yeah, there's rest and all that. But, you know, if he wants to be an all-time great, he's got to stay on the court. So, I agree. I, I, I would definitely put Jokic ahead. Kat, I, I don't see it yet, to be honest. I just You know, I think he has the skill set, maybe, to to be those things. I just I, I don't see it ever happening for him. But um, you know, it's it's definitely an interesting position to watch to watch out for. You still have centers being drafted really high. I mean, look at James Wiseman going to the, the Warriors Evan last Mobley, year. Number three. Evan Mobley, number three. So, you know, it's always interesting to see, okay, are, are we kind of like in a center renaissance or not? Um I you know, I tend to lean no, but who knows? If Jokic wins a, a you know, wins a, a trophy one of these years, then it, it could he could start kind of a run here, especially with that Denver team, which I think is probably the best of, of the teams we're talking about with these guys. So, yeah. And I um, like yeah. just finishing really quickly with the, like mm-hmm. the topic. I think the reason we're not, get, at least I'm not, and you're not calling it a center Renaissance is because we are still not sure if the center could be the best player on a championship team in our era, like in this era that we're in, like it's mainly going to be a forward. That's going to take you there. And like, we could say Curry will be the guy that like Curry was the guy that like changed it a bit for point guards. But other than Curry, I can't name you a time that a point guard was that guy. It's either a shooting guard or it's a forward. Like it's, it's just, and it's usually a small forward. It's not really a power forward. So 
We'll see. I mean, we'll see. Maybe they, they changed something. And I guess Giannis in a way has kind of adapted himself to be five positions at once. So I, we yeah, don't really call I was going to say about Giannis and, and same thing with AD too, is like, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, these guys, even 10 years ago, uh, you know, they, they would have been for sure. Oh yeah. This is a center, you know, yeah. but it, now it's like, if you want to be that size and be the best player on a team, like you're saying, like you have to play differently, you have to play like a, a forward. So yeah. it, it's, it's interesting how the position has changed. And I agree with you. I think for that reason, it's yet to be determined, but we'll see. It's, it's definitely yeah. an interesting time in the NBA. So uh, I guess that being said, um, you know, that was our top 10 list. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us on Instagram. Let us know. Uh, watch out for new content. I'll probably do more of these top 10 lists by positions in the future. And yeah, I think that does it for, for us. I'm, I'm Mike. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. See y'all right. later. That yep. was easy talking. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, that's Penny. <laughs> See you guys. Later, later y'all. <laughs>